I'm Virginia Allen, and this is the Daily Signal Top News for Thursday, November 16th. Here are today's headlines. President Joe Biden met with Chinese leader Xi Jinping for four hours yesterday. It was the first time the leaders had met in about a year, and they met on the outskirts of San Francisco. Biden said after the meeting that it was a constructive and productive meeting. Biden and Xi discussed the threat of fentanyl and specifically stopping the precursor chemicals flowing from China to Mexico, where the cartels then use those chemicals to make fentanyl. At a press conference after the meeting, Biden said they made progress on the fentanyl issue per Reuters. So today, with this new understanding, we're taking action to significantly reduce the flow of precursor chemicals and pill presses from China to the Western Hemisphere. It's going to save lives, and I appreciate President Xi's commitment on this issue. While Biden called the meeting a success, he also said Xi is still a dictator. Well, look, he is. I mean, he's a dictator in the sense that he, he is a guy who runs a country that is a communist country. Reuters reports that she later responded to Biden calling him a dictator as wrong. Moving now to news out of Washington, D.C., a pro-Palestine and pro-ceasefire protest outside Democratic National Committee headquarters in Washington, D.C., became violent on Wednesday night. Police said about 150 protesters were illegally and violently protesting. Protesters blocked the doors of the building where inside a Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee candidate event was taking place. Multiple Democratic lawmakers were inside, including minority leader Hakeem Jeffries. Police worked to pull protesters from the doors and told protesters to get back from the entrance of the building. This is what it sounded like, per Benny Johnson's X page. All House members were evacuated and House office buildings were temporarily put on lockdown. Axios reports that an unnamed House Democrat told them that it scared me more than January 6th. The group, if not now, was one of the leading groups in that protest. And their national spokesperson, Eva Borgwart, told Axios the goal was just to block the door to the DNC building in nonviolent civil disobedience. She called the response from police the most brutal police response I have ever seen. Capitol Police said six officers were treated for injuries and one protester was arrested for assaulting an officer. Let's move now to Israel. Israeli troops continued their search of Al-Shifra Hospital in Gaza today. This is Gaza's largest hospital. The Israel Defense Force says they found weapons and laptops that appear to belong to Hamas, and they released video of their findings. When our troops open this uh, closet here, which is in the main part of the clinic, this is what they found. These weapons have absolutely no business being inside a hospital. The only reason they're here is because Hamas put them here, because they use this place, like many other hospitals and ambulances and sensitive facilities inside the Gaza Strip for their illicit military purposes. In that video, you can see two bags filled with multiple guns. 
The Israel Defense Force says they believe Hamas has used hospitals to carry out operations in violation of international law. Israel has previously said that they believe Hamas was using the hospital as a command center, but the IDF's initial reporting doesn't confirm that. A spokesperson for the Israel Defense Force said today that the operation in the hospital is still ongoing. Meanwhile, the U.N. Security Council has adopted a resolution calling for a multi-day pause to the fighting between Hamas and Israel on humanitarian grounds. The resolution did not call for a ceasefire, but doesn't specify how long that humanitarian pause should last. Twelve countries voted in favor of the resolution, and three countries abstained from the vote, including the United States, the United Kingdom, and Russia. Israel's deputy permanent representative to the United Nations, Brett Jonathan Miller, said the resolution is detached from the reality on the ground. Well, the House Ethics Committee has released a damning report on New York Republican lawmaker George Santos. The committee found, according to the report, that Representative Santos sought to fraudulently exploit every aspect of his House candidacy for his own personal financial profit and blatantly stole from his campaign. Santos reportedly used campaign funds at spas and luxury stores. Fox News reports that the investigation uncovered $50,000 in campaign donations that were wired to Santos' personal account in 2022 and allegedly used to, among other things, pay down personal credit card bills and other debts and make purchases at places like OnlyFans and Sephora. Santos has announced that he will not seek re-election, but the congressman may be facing an expulsion vote in the House after Thanksgiving. Stay tuned. Finally today, a man has been arrested in connection with the death of a pro-Israel Jewish protester in Thousand Oaks, California. During a clash between protests on November 5th, pro-Palestine protester Loy Al-Nadi allegedly got into a physical altercation with pro-Israel protester Paul Kessler. Kessler fell backwards and hit his head on the pavement. He died the next day. He was 69 years old. Loy Alnadi was arrested today on charges of involuntary manslaughter, with the bail being set at $1 million. Alnadi is a professor at Moore Park College in California. But with that, that is going to do it for today's episode of the Daily Signal's Top News. Thanks for being with us. And make sure that you join us tomorrow morning. I'm going to be sitting down and sharing a conversation with Hassan Hassan. She serves as the head of public diplomacy at the Embassy of Israel here in Washington, D.C. We discuss the incredibly graphic Israeli film that shows raw footage of Hamas's attack on Israel on October 7th. And we also discuss the need for American support, what the Israeli people want to see from America right now, and what we may see in this conflict in the days to come. Also, make sure to take a moment to subscribe to The Daily Signal so you never miss out on new episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review. We love hearing your feedback. Well, thanks again for being with us today. Have a great night. We'll see you right back here tomorrow morning. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop.
To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.